0: In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about self-coaching and where to start for beginners, and we're going to give you step-by-step instructions on how you can be a good coach. Hi, I'm Abe. I'm Josh. I'm Anas. And this is the Chalk My Back podcast.
1: You'd want to start with what is self-coaching?
0: I define self-coaching as somebody who's taking responsibility for the full spectrum of what it takes to reach their fitness goals.
1: What would you use as prerequisites to know before you get into like self-coaching? Like, What are some aspects you want to have?
0: Ooh, I think we should all give our, our prerequisites because for me... I don't think you need any. I think you could just dive into it with absolutely no knowledge whatsoever.
1: I wouldn't say so. I'd I'd say knowing how to goal set and your mindset, knowing that if you do take on this responsibility, that since it does all fall on you, you need to be responsible for, like you said, each aspect of training. You need to try to manage, maybe not each part of training, super efficiently but you need to have some sort of responsibility in managing all those aspects
2: yeah i think it also like how serious you want to take those fitness goals like plays a factor like if you want to invest money in it or if you want to just um kind of go online learn some like do do your own research and start self-coaching yourself yeah i think it just plays a
0: factor in how how serious are those goals you know we'll touch on the steps here here in a bit but not to get too ahead of ourselves, I do think also it's important to understand why you're being why are why you're coaching yourself as a beginner. Again, this is going to be specifically on uh, those who are either just getting into or maybe transitioning into a uh, a new strength related sport, uh, or honestly, maybe even just to, into anything new. Maybe they're doing that in order to gain more experience, which is why. From my perspective, you know, you don't necessarily need the most knowledge or experience because if you set your expectations to a level where you understand that you won't get probably the most bang for your buck. Well, your buck is going to be free, so you'll probably get a lot of it. But <laughs> You'll probably get a lot of bang for your buck, but you won't get as much results right away because you are still learning. Um, managing your expectations is important, but um, I think we can all agree that self-coaching comes with a certain amount of responsibility.
2: Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I think we would be doing everybody a disservice if we didn't discuss the pros and the cons of self-coaching, especially when it comes to uh, to people who are just starting out. Um, let's start with some of the pros. What are some pros that y'all can think of when it comes to self-coaching? I already kind of named one, being yeah, you, price. You, yeah, you said it's yeah. free.
2: Um. Some of the pros would be kind of learning, you'll you'll be forced to learn more about coaching yourself, whether it's like, if you're coaching yourself to depending on your goal, like if you're trying to gain strength, like you're just trying to lose weight, get just like generally more fit. But yeah, like I think those two are the biggest things like the the cost. And like, you're kind of be forced to start learning more. Another pro is that, you
1: know, since you don't really have anyone that's kind of telling you what to do, you have a little bit more leeway and freedom to try and experiment with different things that you wouldn't necessarily, I guess, do in a traditionally structured, you know, coaching experience. Oh, definitely. So if you, you know, for like... If you're a powerlifter, but you want to go, you know, do different bodybuilding movements because you think it might benefit this, or you want to go try like a different sport because you think it might improve your conditioning, that is another pro that you you don't have to check check with somebody that is it okay if I do this. You just go do it.
2: Yeah, I think the freedom part is also can be a pro and a con. I think I think another pro is that um what is it it's it can be a little less
1: taxing mentally since you know again, going off of the um, the idea that you don't kind of have a coach to answer to, it's not like you have to feel like you're I guess meeting you know the required steps that your coach is putting forth each week, so you're not having to devote so much mental resource to preparing for that it's it's a little bit more relaxing so you can be lazy that's what she's saying Uh, (laughs) well you can always be lazy i didn't use the word lazy but yeah 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 sure
0: another positive is that you you no one no one knows you better than you so you have the ability to reference um because you know, sometimes not everybody's honest with their coach when it comes to how they're really feeling. So you can you really know how you're feeling when it comes to um you know when it comes to self-coaching, you can kind of you can identify uh what is and what isn't working.
2: Mm,
1: I'll have to be disagree a pro. on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pro and a con, maybe more of know. a con. I mean
0: Okay, well, let's get into let's get into the cons. Let's yeah. get into the cons. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, going off of what you just said. Like sometimes you might not know what's best for you, and if you're a beginner, just starting out you there's a high chance that you don't know what's good for you, so having no structure could you know potentially be the downfall of your progress if you kind of have nowhere to start
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I think also like another con would be like it's not self-coaching yourself starting out. It's not going to be the most efficient way, like the the fastest way to your goals. Um, you're going to have to go through a lot of trial and error. You're going to have to, um, kind of find what works and what doesn't where if you're, if you have a coach who's like, who's been coaching for a while, who had a lot of success, who already gone through all these, um, trial and errors, like who has done their own research, um, yeah, for them, like they're they're gonna they're gonna eliminate that 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 part where you're gonna have to keep experimenting, like where that coach is gonna just like give you what what's gonna work for you initially w- without having to kind of try a lot of stuff before you find what works.
0: You get to skip the learning curve because you're, to, you're You you're it's kind of like the difference between having older siblings and not having older siblings. Sometimes because your older siblings, if they get into trouble. They can teach you what to not do. Um, Also, we mentioned in the beginning that it's free to coach yourself, but not actually though, because you have to invest a lot of time into, you know, everything of what it takes in order to be an athlete and a coach, essentially. Uh, So it's a huge time investment. And depending on what you're doing in in your everyday life, whether it be work or school or anything else, else like family that's taking up your time um it could be a pretty big mental strain
1: yeah so again if you're if you're looking at like a time crunch and you you don't have the i guess the resources to be able to have a coach pinpoint all the stuff that's wrong Mm -hmm. then you know having to invest money that can be that can be stressful sometimes but I get Like Anas said, it, it all comes down to what your goals are and how seriously you want to take those goals.
0: Yeah. So, to summarize, we've identified pros of self-coaching being that it doesn't cost anything, money-wise. At least but it doesn't you coo- You're not paying for a coach, is what we'll say. Um, yeah. It's an opportunity to learn. There's a, a lot of autonomy that comes with it because you can kind of change things up as you wish without having to check in with anybody. Um, I said that you have the knowledge of yourself to lend towards, even though, again, that can depend. And uh, you don't have anybody to please, as Josh said, so it's less mentally draining. Uh, You don't have to worry about uh, kind of abiding by a coach's rules or somebody else's rules because you are your own coach. But the cons are that it's a huge time investment. It's less efficient, like Anas said, because you, you don't get to skip the learning curve of lending to somebody else's knowledge. And uh, like Josh said, when it comes to knowledge of self, you don't always know what's the best for you, especially when it comes into uh, training and something that you're just getting into for, you know, for the first time. Let's say, taking all that into consideration, you still want to be your own coach. We're going to help give you three easy steps. Well, not necessarily easy. We're Actually, they're not even three.
1: Yeah, I was going to say gonna... How, many, how many steps. <laughs> how many I scroll down. Three.
0: <laughs> We're going to give you four steps to follow. And if you follow these four steps, um, you'll be your own coach. And whether or not you're going to be a good coach is going to be how well you adhere uh, to these steps.
1: So I guess with um, the first step in being an effective self-coach is you have to have a goal in mind. You need a why. You you need to understand that there's a process to get you to the end. So that process needs to follow these, these four steps.
0: Like, what are some goals that people could have? What are some common goals? Like, I mentioned one. Maybe you just want to, you know, or like Anand said, maybe you just want to learn about the sport that you're getting into. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe you're trying to coach yourself to become a better coach. Maybe you want to get into that eventually. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe you're getting into it for more hypertrophy. Maybe more for strength. Maybe, like, functional. Maybe you're trying to get into something that has uh carry over i'm i'm trying to think of maybe like strongman in terms of function maybe you, you're going to start lifting heavy rocks at work and you want to <laughs> coach yourself
2: <laughs> i mean the the most common goals are either like getting stronger losing weight or kind of lifting for to kind of assist in a in a sport like you want to supplement um for for your for your main sport like you just want to get stronger for football or something within those I guess, main goals, you
1: should also try to, uh, have a subset of smaller, I guess, more achievable, like daily goals too, that would help with adhering to meeting your main goal. Yeah. So some smaller ones like training two, three times a week, uh, finishing a training session within like a certain time frame, adhering to like your warmups or your prehab or rehab, yeah. stuff like I think that.
0: The goal has to be in with in that same kind of train of thought, Josh. I think the goal has to be realistic because if I'm getting into it as a beginner, and we're going to use powerlifting as an example in my in my example, maybe my goal is to squat 600 pounds, but my current max is like 225. Um, you can't say that. Okay, that's the that's your goal that you're striving for, without having benchmarks to help you along the way and just not i mean that that not only helps you keep it realistic from the sense of you know what you're currently at to what you're comparing it to but it helps keep you motivated to continue to go forward because if you have such a long-term goal as the only thing that you're striving for some it's easy it's really easy to fall off or to lose track or to get frustrated discouraged and to quit essentially but
2: yeah, I think it's, it's definitely helpful if you have um you have if you have an, a goal that's more set in stone like something that's very objective uh, rather than like having some like a subjective goal like oh I just want to get more fit or I just want to lose weight or I just want to like just having a goal like okay I want to squat 300 pounds. like in like my long-term goal like in a year I want to squat this much or I want to do this much um, rather than having like some random like subjective goals that are, uh, it's going to be a lot harder for you to achieve those stuff. Cause like, you don't have a way to measure it. Like, are you getting more fit? Like, like, how do you know you're getting stronger or yeah. like you're, you're reaching your goal if you don't have kind of,
0: um, if you don't have like numbers or something objective to follow. Yeah. Like maybe you want to be able to fit into a pair of pants for a wedding that you're gonna attend in a few months or you know I don't know, whatever the case is it doesn't it doesn't have to be a number necessarily. maybe it's weight on a scale, obviously that could be a number, but like it could also be something like uh, distance of a of a trail that you want to run or maybe you want to do it within a certain period of time or like I said fitting into pants like something that you can have a, a definite end goal with because like you said, it's really easy to just have a lofty goal that can continue to morph in its definition and it just goes on and on and on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good starting point.
2: Okay. So I guess like if you want to, uh, but if we are still talking about setting goals um, before, before setting a goal um, there, there's this acronym that's called like smart goals. And I like guess it stands for like the S more uh, stands for specific. Like you want your goal to be specific. M is for measurable. A is for attainable, R is for relevant, and T is for time bound.
1: Oh, yeah. So these and these
2: are all that feed into your your specific goal. Yeah. So like whenever, how you set a goal. How you how do you set a goal? Like if you want to set a goal, like you follow these um what what would you call them? Like those um, them principles, I guess, or yeah. guidelines. Yeah, guidelines. You, yeah. you can follow these guidelines. Like if you want you want your goal to be specific, like I want to get stronger, right? measurable i want to get stronger by this much like i want to get stronger by want to add 100 pounds to x like my squat or whatever attainable is it is it realistic that you that you're can add this much to your squat in two months like can you add 100 pounds to your to your squat in two months it's probably not like you want to set something more realistic right
1: mm-hmm.
0: relevant is is your is your goal is like um is it applying to what your sport is essentially or what your end, like
1: what the end goal is?
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think if it's, if it's regarding a sport or if it's just something like if it has to do with any sort of objective idea is what your goal setting is getting you to that overall idea.
2: Yeah. And the, and the time bound is like, um, like setting, setting a timeline for this goal. I think those, like those are good guidelines. Um, for you to start with before, like when setting a goal. So you're not, um, so you're not kind of wasting your time. Um, cause like you, you see a lot of people that go to the gym, yeah, like do the same thing over and over again. And like, you see them like after, like after a year or two and like they're just in the same place, that's because like, they probably have been set probably like not realistic goals and like, they don't know. Yeah. Like I would say like, they're not really, they don't have like clear direction to to their goals basically
1: they didn't they didn't meet the criteria of the acronym they maybe met like one or two but the rest like didn't didn't confine to what they wanted to do
0: yeah i think what i see a lot too is people who um change goals too quickly so they're they they don't have the 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 focus to actually uh go through and and achieve something before they change and do something else. So when it comes to uh, the gym, some folks who want to get strong will focus on strength and they'll do exercises that are related to strength. But at the same time, they're also focusing on things that relate to another goal. Could be weight loss. Uh, it could be uh, trying to excel in another sport, which is fine. But when it comes to like the, the principles that Anas had just mentioned, the T... Being setting a timeline, you'll set the timeline will have to extend the less you focus, the more you focus on, uh, and the less you focus on one goal at a time. um, Which is a lot of it's a pitfall that a lot of beginners can get into is trying to do too much at once and not trying to just focus and perfect one thing at a time. So that's my recommendation: is to set one goal, achieve it, and then move on to the next.
2: Yeah, it's like having a short term goal that feeds into your longer term uh, Mm -hmm. goal
0: yeah like like josh said when it comes to setting like smaller achievable goals cuz that also helps you when it comes to um like mentally getting the uh the serotonin uh what is it like when your brain feeds you serotonin each time you do something From and that- Uh yeah like getting like the positive uh, reinforcement essentially so like if you have one long goal you never reach it you're going to feel bad about yourself you'll get discouraged and quit if you have smaller goals to get you to that long term goal each time you achieve a small term goal or a short term goal your brain hits you with serotonin is it dopamine or serotonin Uh,
2: what
1: what is it it, Josh it's 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 serotonin but the context is well, yeah, it's it's right, Abe. You're 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 correct. Keep going, yeah. Abe. You, you got you're, it.
2: You got it.
0: Yeah. Well, your your brain makes you feel good when you do good things. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get that
2: sense of achievement. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah.
0: Like if if you're not too too
2: focused on like the 500 squat you want to hit in like two years, like once, like every time you hit like a small five ten pound PR, um, you're gonna feel. You're going to feel like you achieved something rather than like, okay, well, I'm, I'm still 200 pounds away from my five, five exactly. minutes squat.
0: When it comes to goal setting, that is the most important. That's why it's step one. But once you've had a goal, now you need to create a program, which is step two, program creation. What mm-hmm. are some tools that we can share with everybody? We're going to be sharing our secrets. What are some tools that we can share uh, to help people create their programs?
1: Okay, so if you're going to create a program that's specific to you, it first you kind of want to identify like some variables to, I guess, keep track of.
2: If we're talking about, yeah, if we're talking about, for example, like strength training in general, some some variables you want to track are like the load on the bar, right? You're gonna load. You want to track sets and reps. You know, you might you might want to track your RPE, like or like the, the exertion. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, any
0: anything to to measure exertion, whether it's like RPE reps in reserve, or even just like a uh, an arbitrary scale, like uh, you know, if you're using like words for yourself, like this felt good or this felt bad. Like if you're actually typing it in and keeping notes, just something to measure exertion.
2: Yeah, because not always. Like if you lift the same weight twice, doesn't mean you're not making progress. Like maybe you lifted 200 pounds and it was like a full um, max but now you did it for the uh, and it moved like you could have done like two more reps with it so like that's that's an indication of progress so you don't want to just only focus on the load on the bar where like there is variables that you can like the, the RPE or the exertion part that kind of gives you um, kind of relative progress if that makes sense
0: yeah and you can either or start from ability, scratch when you ability PRs yeah. ability prs you can either start from scratch yeah. when you're creating these type of templates so that you can you know you have the ability to like add each of these variables to whatever sheet or however you're tracking it i use excel sheets so i just think it's easier some people use pen and paper some people use like a google drive um shoot you could use a smoke signal or you could use uh, you could use a <laughs> A chisel and a rock, whatever you use, you just have to stay consistent with that. I mean, you have to make sure that, especially as someone coaching yourself, if you have something to, you have to take notes. You have to document everything because, like anas said, it's not just the weight that's moving on the bar. It's not just your body weight that's decreasing. It's just, it's not just your mile time that's reducing. There are different factors, whether it be you may be sick one day, maybe you didn't eat, maybe you didn't get a good night's sleep, you have to document that so you can keep track of the ability PRs.
2: So I guess like if you guys want to dive into like some of the principles whenever you like principles you have to follow whenever you're creating a program. I don't know if like I don't know if the the pro if you want the program to be like what do you guys want to make it? Um about like
0: powerlifting, like strength, or like you want yeah, to make it more. This is that yeah, let's use strength training because that's kind of where we all come from. Let's just say that we're going to create a template or, or create an, an online program for ourselves from scratch uh, using strength training as our goal. What are some principles that we need to follow, us in order to keep our program uh, neat and, and
2: effective? Yeah, so for me personally, whenever like whenever I get like, a new client, like, I, I usually just send them a questionnaire to kind of get an idea of like their schedule their 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 goals like if they have any injuries or or whatnot so like i think the most important thing before you design a program um is to kind of ask yourself some questions and we already went over the 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 goals right another another question you can ask yourself a big question is like how often can i train like how often do I want to train and how much time can i spend in the gym because like not everyone can spend like six days in the gym like with like four hours every day, some people might only have two or three days to train. So you Mm can have to take that into consideration. Um, and also like take into account, um, which days do you have like hard work? Like do you on Monday, like, do you have like a long shift? Maybe you work like 12 plus hours that day. Um, so those are considerations you can, uh, use whenever you're, Putting like designing your program where, where you put the most taxing work on your least stressful days. Mm-hmm. Uh, another another question is like what kind of tool do you want to use to um, kind of prescribe your loads? Like do you want to use like percentages? Do you want to use RPEs? Are you are you familiar? Because RPE is is very common and it's kind of it's, it's at, at this point like it's, it's, I think it's pretty easy for anyone to learn. Uh, but for a beginner, if we're talking about beginner, you can probably just use percentages and like add, try to add like five pounds every week is like the, the simple, like the most simple way to go about it. Um, another thing is like, okay, do I have any, um, like injuries? Like is my, do I have like, um, my shoulder, like I had injury, like I had a shoulder injury back in high school whatever. Like, can I, so that, that will kind of influence, like how much benching you can do or what kind of movements you can do. Um, you can look at like another, another thing you can ask yourself is like my, like your employment, like how hard of, like, what's, what's your work like and which day, like, like, again, like which days are hard, which days are easy. Are you, if if you're, if you work in hard labor, you're going to have different expectations
0: than someone who works like an office job. Right. Or do you have travel plans coming up? Because, you know, if you have a vacation that's coming up in two weeks and you're trying to get into something right now and you know you're going to have to take time off, then you have to be honest with yourself and try and work around that or maybe start after you come back and try not to add too much that's already going on in your busy schedule. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, another thing would be, like, if it,
2: depending on your... Like if we're talking about strength, also like the diet plays a factor. So you can look at your – like what kind of diet do you have and like do I have to adjust my – like how I eat so I can achieve my goals. Like if you eat like a 1,000 calories a day and you're trying to get stronger and get like – and bulk up and gain some muscle, it's probably not going to be the best idea for you to be only on a 1,000 calories a day or like be in a big deficit while adding this much workload because you're going from – expanding X amount of energy a day, X amount of calories a day to now, you're adding more workload, more, more workload. So you need to eat more and you're trying to build more muscle. So you have to take it, take that into account. Another thing would be like your sleep. Like if you want to get stronger, like you're going to have to adjust your sleep. If you, if you can, like, obviously not everyone can get 10 hours of sleep a day. Um, but take that into account. And like, if, if you can get more than like six hours of sleep a day, like, adjust your expectations. Like, know that I'm not, I can't put all the resources into my goal. So, you're going to have to adjust your expectations. Yeah, or just
0: manage your program and work around it. If you're going to, if you know you're not getting enough sleep, maybe just don't give yourself so much of a workload until you manage or get that back on track. Right. So, I guess, like, those are some of the questions, like, I would ask myself
2: before starting starting to design the program to get an idea
0: of, um, like half to structure my program. Yeah. I, I honestly, when it comes to that, like sitting down and actually creating the program, like I mentioned, you can start from scratch, but you can also just use an online template. I know that there's a stigma. I don't know why. So maybe there's, you know, everyone likes to kind of feel like they're creating something and, and using what they've made to make themselves stronger. But like, there's so much good resources online from already established, uh, You know, either an established company or established training program uh, that have online resources, either for free or for or for pay, like a one time purchase, using that as a starting point is very helpful, too, because you can go in and you can, you know, you can run it maybe for a couple of weeks and then start changing things as you want, as you start seeing what works for you. Uh, Or maybe you can just sit down and you can start rearranging it to the questions that you ask yourself. To like what I'm Anas mentioned, but um, online templates are a huge help. Yeah, that's how I
2: started. Like I started with an online template. Then, oh, what uh, was your template? I, I ran the Candido. The Candido. I mean, I, I think everyone ran the Candido six week program. A lot of people. Nah,
0: I run Wendler five three one.
2: <laughs> Wendler is pretty popular <laughs> too. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. those are. I mean, I ran. Wait, it. wait, Josh, what did you run?
0: Mm. Uh, I think I ran like a
1: combination of. Uh, the Russian thing and the Texas method to start
0: oh, with. Nice. Nice, yeah. Nice, nice. Cool. Yeah. But yeah. You can,
2: you can use these not like you don't have to follow them. Like you can just look at them and like kind of adjust them. Like looking at like some of these programs are pretty intense and they're probably don't fit a beginner. Like if, <laughs> if you're, if, yeah, if you're a beginner, like you probably don't want to run
0: like Shaco, like, like Shaco yeah. or something, run like, Shaco, you know, run yeah. Small Love if you're gonna do a beginner <laughs> no, program. Don't, don't small, run Love small, small Love and Small Love Junior, the yeah. best <laughs> beginner program out there. Okay.
2: Yes, yeah, so, so I know we talked about this before, like, but before you before you run a program, is look at like how much how much workload are you doing before, yeah. and, if, and if you're starting out, you're doing zero work, nothing, <laughs> yeah, so like probably just a little something will work for you, maybe like squatting once and like an easy second day will work, benching like a couple of times, maybe deadlifting once. That's plenty of work if you're starting off from nothing. So kind of know like what kind of stimulus, what kind of um, workload you're doing before and like what are you jumping into? Because you don't want to jump yeah. into too much of workload too early.
0: Yeah, right. I remember I remember GLC method uh, or GZCL. sorry, GZCL. I remember... Uh, powerlifting to win i remember wendler uh, beyond and just a regular 531 texas method starting strength those are i remember looking at and reading all of those programs and being like what do they have in common um what what do some have that others don't um and that also if you're doing the research for yourself you might as well look up some online forums you might as well get educated you might, you like I now said, it's inevitable that you're going to educate yourself by coaching yourself. So, immerse yourself in a community um, that's online or otherwise, so that you can learn from people who have already uh, done. Because you're not going to have a coach, so you might as well try to learn from other people's experience in in whatever way you can.
1: Yeah, and I think from like a template, a template can kind of take out some of the guesswork for you, right? So. Kind of like what Anas touched on in a, another episode. If something works, like use that tool until it stops working. If you figure it out that it is that tool that works for you.
0: That's a huge pitfall. People think they have to just change like their program each week. Um, they have to try the newest exercise. Like, you, you know, back squats won't work. I got to do... Uh, you know, the whatever newest bar attachment there is out there, I gotta use that one because it's gonna get me the strongest. But you know, if it's working, run it until the wheels fall off. So like
1: um like Anas said, like give give yourself some room to grow. Like start off slow. Like really slow. Like, don't don't um train too hard like if you are a beginner in the beginning. Give yourself some room to grow. So just doing a little bit here and there. And then if you make progress from that, try to try to add a little bit at a time. Don't go from like training two days a week to training four or five just because you know you saw this much progress training twice. So you're like, all right, I'm gonna if I do twice the work, I'm gonna make twice the amount of progress. Like yeah. you know, cause you know, that could also um, kind of feed into like your expectations. So if you expect that that's going to happen, and you don't meet your expectation, you can kind of um, you can kind of fall into this mindset like oh well, I don't know where to go now from doing this, yeah. and then you or don't have hurt. yeah, and then you don't have any tools to help you get from that position.
0: So yeah, when we uh, when I first started, I remember there were a lot of reference guides um, that we that I used and I know that we all kind of use in, in our own ways but um, when it comes to a lot of these principles uh, obviously I have to, we already talked about it but um, Juggernaut's scientific principles of strength training where it talks about all of the different principles and of what goes into being an effective strength program uh, that huge help we, we, we always talk about it passively but it always references uh, each of those principles. Fatigue management,
2: uh, specificity, progressive overload, individual differences.
0: And we can go over each one. Uh, high level. Yeah. Like high lo- Like when, it's, when it comes to fatigue management, it's like we just talked about, making sure that you're not giving yourself too much too soon, especially if you have a lot going on in your life where you know you can't recover. Mm-hmm specificity is going to make sure like you you even said it in the smart um acronym where s stood for uh specificity yeah for a
2: specific goal like yeah for
0: that is like specific so yeah, like, like training, if i want to get strong in strength like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be on a caloric deficit yeah or i'm not yeah.
2: gonna i mean if you're if your goal is to get stronger you're probably not gonna get stronger doing sprints or doing something that's kind of on the uh, opposite end.
0: Maybe, maybe uh, I've heard
2: different things uh, about. You that. could, course, but it's still probably yeah, not yeah. uh, the. It's, it's not, not specific. the specific. It's not. Specific. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's not, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not the best tool to use. You know, there there are yeah, better options. Like if I want to get a, a
0: one rep max on my squat, like sprints aren't gonna get me a one rep max as yeah. much as a squat would. It's like it's a hierarchy of what you look at in terms of specificity. I agree.
2: Yeah, and then that, that will have the most, like, the highest transfer is like the more specific it is the more like the higher transfer is going to have
0: and i I think it's important to talk about these in particular because there's so much of a carryover into the program creation josh was just talking about um not starting out and we talked about it obviously but not starting off too too much in the beginning um in terms of giving yourself room to grow and you will grow as a beginner you're you're gonna get like almost unreal uh results in the beginning by not giving yourself too much because you can really milk those uh those gains by starting off with a a sub maximal load and then building on it week by week uh, and that that's progressive overload that's you know adding that's continually adding to the point where you're constantly uh building and constantly growing
1: Right. So I think, like, like you said, going back to some of those earlier programs, like the Small Love program, the biggest pitfall with these beginner programs is they don't, they don't take into account, like, those, those training days mm-hmm. and the, um, the spread of your lifts. So with Small Love, there's, like, a bench one and there was a squat one. Like it didn't tailor to like deadlifting, which if you're powerlifting, you have to deadlift. So the frequency. I don't want. Oh, well then, don't. It's okay. <laughs> but the frequency of um squatting was really really skewed, and you what you squatted like four or five times a week. No, you only all, squatted. You only squatted, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then also the intensity was also skewed because I think. Like some days you would work up to like near maximal like weight when you're like a beginner, yeah. which, you and know, And there
0: are other days where you're doing like sets of 10 and 12.
1: Right. Which considering your goal, like that could be the farthest like rep set that you should be doing for your goal. Yeah. But
2: you know, yeah, I guess the last one is like the individual differences. So the main, uh, con of these those templates is, is they don't take into account your individual differences right it's like if you're if you can only if you can only train three days a week and all oh, like most of these programs have four day a week um templates and like they're they don't take into account your previous uh your previous history like what were you doing before and mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like yeah so depending on like how well you structure your program it could be better i mean it should be be it should be better than all these templates because like, it takes into account um your individual differences so like that's that's but it also depends like on like how much how well can you structure your program because if you're starting out it's going to be a little difficult for you to um kind of structure like you're going to have a well-structured program you're going to have you need some experience Yeah. Uh, but so, so we, we can talk about how um you can kind of structure your program so it's better than all these templates.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because exercise selection is another is another important piece. But like, in order to have a reference point, you got to start somewhere. You know, you got to know. You're not going to know right off the bat what the most optimal exercises are. Well, I mean, honestly, again, using strength as a as a starting point, we do know what they are, but they're they're boring. <laughs> but people people you know, may want to change it up a little bit and add uh, some, some alternatives, which is where an online template may help because it may have exercises you've never heard of, may have things that you would look up otherwise. So,
1: Once you have all those factors down, um, to remember that progressive overload is one of them so that when you do get closer to, I guess, your one rep max, there'll be times when you're training that... Training's not going to feel great, right? We've all had days where you know, training sucks, you don't sleep enough, you don't eat enough, whatever. But not to get discouraged by those um, days and just like completely scrap your your block or, you know, your training day. Because you you kind of have to get through days like that in order to see some progress, right? And I think as a beginner it's easy to kind of get defeated by those tough days especially if they're back to back and there's factors outside of training that you really can't control that sometimes will influence your training so knowing that and just pushing through those days will um help you reach your goal if you stick through it
0: yeah i just see. think it's in, we we all ma- also need to make sure that regardless of whatever the program you're creating, whatever however you're starting from, whether it's an existing online template or from a S- Excel sheet or whatever your ex- from scratch method is, you have to remember your goal. Always remember your goal in step one, remember what's what your end goal is so that you're not changing things too much
1: I think I think going off of that too, like if you if you ever run into a point, when you are self-coaching, that you're kind of like you have a roadblock or like a plateau that you really can't figure out and you can't break through, Um, ask others for feedback, ask others for help. Uh, It might not be the answer that you want to hear or it might not even apply to your training, but other perspectives really do help when trying to figure out a problem for yourself. So, you know, because when, when you are self-coaching, it's easy to kind of get lost in your own program and your, your own training and to kind of validate your own, your own self-belief when you are training and, you know, you just kind of keep your head down and you train when sometimes outside perspective can really... Um, change the way that you want to train or it could give you kind of an idea of how to make your own training better. So that's another idea that, you know, you could use, I guess, if you are having a tough time uh, self-coaching.
0: Mm-hmm. And then step three is going to be to execute that plan. So you've got the goal set, you've created a program. Step three is you have to do the work. I mean, you have to you have to put your nose to the grindstone.
1: Yeah, uh, executing the plan is, I think, the biggest thing that maybe newer lifters have problems adhering to, like program adhesion. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, sometimes you'll have bad days and you don't want to you know, do what's on the program. But on the flip side, there'll be really really good days when everything clicks, you feel great, and you're just you just want to, you know, take it as far as you can go to exceed your max or whatever. But you have to remember that if the plan doesn't have you maxing for, you know, sometime down the road, or if it doesn't have you doing something near what you should be doing, that you should just take those days where training is a little, feels a little bit easier, you know, and just be happy that that day exists and keep Keep going with it. Ride the momentum.
0: And try not to get in your own way by overthinking things and by trying to make it too complicated. Uh, When it comes to executing, that's really as simple as it is. It's, you know, you've made the effort to create the goal and to to put the plans in place on how to get there. And now it's time to really, you know, stay motivated. Um, What's that? What is that saying that people say? Like, it's not motivation. It. Like, motivation isn't what's important. It's consistency or something. Like, I can't remember what it is. But people are saying, like, even when you're not motivated uh, to go to do something, you should still do it. Like, you should just still, like, pick yourself up and go. You shouldn't just wait for yourself to be motivated.
1: Just show up. Just show that's, up. That's that's what I tell myself.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> just show when com- up. <laughs> when it comes to execution, too, like, the coach versus ath- athlete ma- mindset, to touch on real quick, like to think of creating a program you have to put your coach's hat on like you have to think of things like more long term from a technical standpoint but like when you're in the uh in the trenches and you're executing on the plan you're an athlete you have to think about only the current goal you have to achieve what you've planned for the day and that's it you can't go and start changing things in the game you can't you can't switch between your coach hat and your athlete hat back and forth you have to just sit and you have to manage who you are at different intervals if you're you know planning you're a coach if you're executing you're an athlete
1: all right and i i think that's a it's a good way to put it like if you're if you're deep within your your plan and you're having these days that don't feel great like it's not time to be a coach and try to like self-coach your way out of doing something that you know you wouldn't otherwise do you just need to suck it up stick to the plan understand that these are just bad days that are happen you know regularly throughout training they'll pick up they'll get better and that you shouldn't get too bogged down by stuff like that because training always will trend better if you stay consistent
2: yeah um one 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 other thing is bad days are going to happen. I mean, if they're consistently, if you're having consistent bad days like for a week or so, maybe two weeks, then you know like you're going to have to adjust stuff. But if you have one bad session out of like 10, 15 sessions, like it's fine. It's going to happen. Um, But if it's, if it, if it keeps happening, like you you might have to address something.
0: Yeah. One bad session by itself does not equate to you needing to change anything in your plan or your program but multiple bad sessions in a row or within enough period of time to where it could be seen as a pattern that's time to change things but that's when you put your coach hat on and you start looking at things and you start uh, you start to see what worked and what didn't work which oh my god it's like we planned it takes us to step four which is to repeat so after you've executed steps one two and three you have to look back as a coach and you start to try to identify patterns what worked what didn't work um you self-reflect in order to you know you sit down and you try to figure out by reading your notes because you don't want to just rely on your memory you want to have data to to rely on which is why you've you know created a program to begin with um and then, you, and then you change what needs to be changed or you keep things exactly the same. Not everything needs to change.
1: Right. You want to look back and you want to refine your plan. And this, this can also go like outside of training. So you do want to keep like a detailed log on your um, training numbers and identify like what you did right and what you did wrong. But this can also stretch outside of training. So like keeping good tabs on like your sleep, your nutrition, your warmups, your stretches, anything that you can do that will help feed into that main goal only helps to refine your plan better. So, you know, you, you have to kind of be objective and take all the information that you've learned and try to use that to refine each, uh, each plan.
2: Yeah, I think that part is pretty fun. If you kind of run something and you see like you see what kind of results you get, then kind of going back and like trying to change some stuff. It's like okay, well, I ran a pause quad this this um, this block. Like, I want to try something else. Um, then you kind of experiment with it again and like kind of see what what different results you get. It will be kind of, like of a, a fun process for you to mm-hmm. kind of learn what works for you
0: yeah exactly repeating it and just you that you take step one through three and then you repeat them over and over and over okay well how do i know when to stop when you reach your goal
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say like when you find <laughs> yeah, that's not a trick question <laughs> when you finally yeah. get there you you get to your goal you celebrate then you do it all over again
0: Yeah, I think at that point, it's also important to redefine or not redefine necessarily, but uh, reassess your goal. Have you, after going through these three steps, do you have the same goal in mind? You don't want to change your goal too often, but it's okay to adjust. It's okay to maybe, you know, to change in order to go down a different path of interest. Because, you know, you're a beginner, you're learning new things, you have the ability to do so. But as by changing your goal, you're starting over from scratch essentially so you, again you have to manage your expectations and know that the more you change uh the less the farther and farther you get away from actually reaching that goal unless they're super related like oh i don't want to squat 600 anymore i want to squat 550 <laughs> yeah you know maybe that's the case but you have re-identifying and, and making sure that um you are well. I guess that it feeds into it because setting a goal is step one, and you're repeating. So that kind of that's a little bit redundant to say. I mean, like
2: after after you set your goal, kind of like have someone who has um, kind of who's experienced in that in that area. Like if it's if it's strength training, kind of like set your goal, kind of show it to someone. Can I can kind of ask them like, is this goal kind of realistic? Is it um, is it specific enough? Or kind of have someone kind of give you their perspective of um, so, so you, because you don't want to kind of set a goal that's kind of like mm-hmm. a little bit too ambitious, and then you're gonna have, then you're gonna be disappointed by by, by your rate of progress. So, kind of asking someone if if your goals are realistic will kind of help you in the long run. I would I would say
0: we hope that you've learned something from this episode. If after listening to all this, you still want to coach yourself, um, you know, drop us any questions you may have. Message us on Instagram, at ChalkMyBack. When, while you're there, you might as well follow us on Instagram, at ChalkMyBack. Listen to us every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're everywhere now. Uh, thank you again so much for listening to us another week. We'll see you next week, and have a great rest of your week. Uh, it was a little bit weak, but whatever. I said weak too much. You know, my, my biggest thing of being a coach for myself, the biggest... <laughs> <laughs> the toughest thing about being your own coach is that you have no one else to blame but yourself.
1: <laughs> what? No, 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 um, no, no, no. That's you though.
2: That could be like that.